0: Hello and welcome to the Strath Union podcast. I am Daniel, I'm part of the comms team here at Strath Union, and this is the first of what will be a mini series of four podcasts, kind of looking at the housing situation and offering advice to students uh, who may be getting ready to start uh, university life or are maybe already here and just seeking some uh, advice on issues that they're having with their own housing situation. So I'm joined by Jodie from our advice hub, she's one of the advisors. Jodie, how are you and can you just briefly give us a little introduction and tell us what you do here at the Union?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm Jodie, I'm an advisor, um, as Daniel said, at The Advice Hub. Um, And uh, we advise on all different uh, aspects of student life. We advise on um, academia, we advise on finance, um, and we also advise on housing as well. Um, So today we're going to be talking a bit about housing and uh, what students can do to um, be proactive and make sure that they're getting a good deal and that they know their rights.
0: That's exactly it. So this first episode that we're going to do is going to be about sort of sourcing accommodation uh, and then also looking at issues maybe with advances with rent and scams that students may have already faced or may face in the future. So we just want to give some kind of warnings about that. So just to kind of start off simply then, Jodie, so at the time recording this, it's at the start of May. So we're expecting uh, students to be starting to prepare for university life in September a few months from now. What would be the kind of advice you would give as first steps to take for looking for accommodation for a student coming over?
1: So we've got a really good housing guide on the Strath Union website in the advice section. So I definitely suggest having a look at that, um, and just having a look at the type of properties that you can uh, rent. Um, so we're going to do a different podcast in a series about um, private accommodation versus student accommodation, but. Um, I think the very first step would to be would be to to think about what kind of um, what kind of property do you want. So, are you looking to live with other students uh, with a kind of shared uh, like living room and, um, for example, like social spaces stuff like that, which in which case you might want to go to uh, student accommodation, um, or are you looking to just have your own flat? Um, so that would be like the very first step would be to kind of do your research and uh, find out um, what what kind of property you want to to stay in and then you can look at more specifics and see what's available.
0: Yeah, and uh, one of the things that I've got noted from yourself, Jodie, was to kind of uh, look further afield and look at maybe places away from the city centre. So does that kind of come down to budget as well? So if maybe somewhere's looking quite pricey, there's no harm and no fear in maybe staying out with Glasgow City Centre also?
1: Yeah definitely, so student accommodation tends to be close to the university, um, but if you would like to rent privately, um, or for example if you are moving with a spouse or you have children, um, and uh, in which case you, you would need to look for a, a private rental property, um, it is cheaper to, to live kind of further outside the city centre. Um, there's also quite good public transport links as well into Glasgow. So for example, if you decided to get a flat in Paisley, you're still only 25 minutes away from um, from campus. So um, we would always advise if you're struggling to find somewhere a- affordable and um, in general, if you're struggling to find housing in Glasgow, then there are other surrounding areas which we would advise that you consider. Um, and uh, that will just be able to uh, expand the number number of properties that are available to you as well obviously because then you're looking at a wider area. Do, do, is
0: there a recommended uh, website in particular to look at? I know that most people would look at maybe Zoopla or right Moves. Is there, is there anywhere else that maybe folk haven't heard of or are they, the best ones to look at initially?
1: Um, so again in our housing guide we've got a list but other ones might be like S1 Homes Um we do also advise, if you're looking at student accommodation, they each have their own websites as well, um, so we do have quite an extensive list uh, in our housing guide um, and most of these have the option to put um a radius around the postcode as well, so you could say for example you could put the university's postcode in and then you could look for example at a 10 mile radius and then you'll find all different areas as well, so that's quite useful.
0: Right. And then I suppose one of the other places that uh, you would see flats listed that are away from sort of housing sites like Zoopla and Rightmove is Gumtree. So that would maybe tie in with with sort of looking at issues with people paying too much advance for rent up front because maybe they're a bit more unofficial, the, the listings that you see on Gumtree. So what would be the kind of general advice about that for sort of paying up front and just what to be wary of when looking at properties and sites like that?
1: Sure. So the very first thing you do, so you've looked and you've found a flat um, and you think it's perfect. The first thing to do is to check the postcode on the Scottish Landlord Register. So once you put the postcode in that website, um, you can select the address and the website will tell you whether that property is registered or not. Now, if it's not registered, that means that there's not a registered landlord um, and that can often be quite problematic down the line because if there was a big issue, um, for example, if there were repairs or there was any kind of scam, anything like that, um, it's much more difficult to to find the landlord. Um, and also it's illegal. So straight away, that's a big red flag. Um, you know, someone's advertising a property that's not actually, and they're not a registered landlord. Um, and uh, in terms of rent advance, so, sometimes this can come hand in hand again it's much more difficult if you pay rent advance if you pay too much money up front and then you can't track down the landlord um but landlords can only ask legally for up to 6 months rent in, in advance um it can be a substantial amount of money, but uh, if you were to look on any property website and they were asking for 12 months rent advance, which can be quite common, then straight away they're actually breaking the law. Um, so again, that's another red flag.
0: That's good to know. And then I think another thing that I've heard sort of students talk about in the recent months is sort of scams that are listed. Again, is that predominantly through so would it be through a site like Gumtree or through maybe Facebook perhaps, there'll be listings for that. What's What are the signs to watch out for, for potential scams also?
1: So I think one big scam and one thing to look out for is when someone asks you for a lot of money up front before you've not even seen the property. That's not to say that you can't go and, and view a flat and then get scams like that could still happen but if you're for example an international student and someone messages you and asks you to pay them twelve thousand pounds to secure a flat then uh, you know we have had situations where students have showed up their the flat hasn't been there stuff like that so again that's that's something it's it's very hard because some people are um there are some very Um, sophisticated scams out there. But generally, the biggest thing we would caution is if you've not seen a property, it's just been online, and then someone asks you for a large sum of money. Again, it can help to see whether the property is registered, whether the landlord is registered. On the Scottish Landlord Register it will also have a contact address for the landlord, so sometimes um, it might be a good idea to get in contact with them, make sure that this is the right property, Um, but you know we would always advise against Paying a lot of money up front, um, and if you do have to pay a lot of money up front, and um, then you know try and do it through a UK bank account. It doesn't mean you will get the money back, but it might be easier than um, if you're paying from an inter- an international bank account, um, and and uh, yeah, the only other thing would be as well, um, in terms of deposits. So um, I, we'll kind of come on to this, I think, in the, the private accommodation podcast, um, but um, if if a landlord's asking for um, a deposit, make sure they're putting it in a deposit scheme. Um, so again, that can often happen where they'll ask for a deposit, and uh, at the end of the tenancy, that's when you get scammed because he won't give you the deposit back. All landlords in Scotland must put your deposit in a safety deposit scheme. There's three in Scotland. And the reason why they have to do that is because this is a governmental third party kind of mediator. So if at the end of your tenancy the landlord says you've broken something, you're not getting your deposit back, and you want to kind of argue against that, then if it's in a safety deposit scheme, it means that there's actually a free mediation service there, so um, that's the kind of different ways I guess that that you could get scammed. Um, and I suppose what I would urge is if you are being asked to pay a lot of money up front to secure a property because you're an international student and you can't get a UK-based guarantor, then um, get in touch with the Advice Hub and we can provide um, some information on commercial uh, companies that you can use. Because um, there are some companies that will act as a UK-based guarantor for you. So um, try to not be pressured in to, to uh, give a lot of money up front. Um, and if you do feel that you're unsure of anything, then just fire us an email. And, and we're always happy to, to look over things for you.
0: That's good. And it's, I think it's quite interesting we talk about the safe deposit schemes and stuff. So based on two experiences I've had with them quite recently. One was a Safe Deposit Scotland, where... Within, I think it was within twenty four hours or thirty six hours of my landlord releasing my deposit, it was it was back in my account. And then there's another one through like, the, someone that I know where their deposit's been uh, held up, um, and it's exactly like you say. So the it goes to a mediator, which is a letting agent, so they'll provide whatever evidence they have against whatever evidence the the person who's left the property has, and I think it's up to eight weeks to yep. decide, but it's like there's a nice, neutral, uh, kind of impartial thing. But I remember when I moved into that property, that was set up, kind of immediately, you got sent login details, and you're even able to request it yourself at any point, the, the deposit, if you're moving out. So mm-hmm. that's, that's like, I think it's quite an important thing that people know that that should be offered to them as soon as they kind of move in to any, to any property.
1: Yeah, and as, as you say, you know, if if you're asked to pay a deposit to secure the property, um, if you haven't um signed a contract or anything yet, Ask just ask which safety deposit scheme um, is my deposit being lodged with. Um, You should again we're going to talk about this in the private accommodation podcast, but um, this should actually be given with information alongside your tenancy agreement. But um, you know if you've not worked it out, uh, then then definitely make sure the moment you hand over any deposit that it's going into a safety deposit scheme because. As I say, things might go well, you get to the end of your tenancy, and they'll withhold a deposit from you, and sometimes that can be quite a lot of money. So,
0: Yeah, and then, so just finally then, Jodie, for this one, um, you touched upon the the Advice Hub there for support, um, just obviously what we're looking to do with these podcasts is hope that people can see these problems coming before they happen, as opposed to when they do happen, so is it is there any other support out there as well as the Advice Hub? So. If anyone has any questions or they, they think that they're facing any issues, uh, who, who's the best person to ask? Who's the team to turn to, to ask these questions?
1: So um, at the union, it is, it is the advice hub. Um, so uh, in terms of being proactive, we can do things like uh, tenancy checking. Um, again, if you do it before you sign a tenancy, and you check this stuff first; it makes it a lot easier than than further down the line. Um, but there's also Sh- Shelter Scotland as well; they're a really good uh, charity. And um, if there's things that we can't answer, that's often who I'll turn to and ask for additional support from. Um, so yeah, probably the Advice Hub, Shelter Scotland, or um, you could also contact your local authority as well. Uh, if, for example, you're looking at uh, securing social housing or
0: That's great. Like that will kind of wrap up this kind of first in this little mini series of housing podcasts. Then, so the next one that we'll do will be about private accommodation. So thank you very much, Jody, and we'll see you on the next episode.